It goes without saying that this podcast contains spoilers. If you value ignorance in your reading and watching experience, maybe come back to this show after you've read and watched the featured material. But let's be honest, if you don't know already, he sees dead people. Welcome to Author's Intent. Thank you for joining me for Author's Intent. I am your host, Dixie Lee. A few announcements at the top of this episode. We are now in the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. We will be going over chapters 1 through 8 of the book and the corresponding scenes from the movie. Unlike some other books we will go through, this series has a few books that have not been made into movies. There are six books in the series, but only three movies. So, a lot like The Sorcerer's Stone and almost every other first book in the series, in a series that's been made into a movie, this is a pretty accurate depiction of what the author C.S. Lewis intended. If you would like to read all of the books in the Chronicles of Narnia, I will have links to all of them in the show notes. There will be only two episodes for this book. The next episode will be out on October 29th. Okay, so I just recorded like an hour and a half. And I hated it, so <laughs> I'm re-recording. All because this book and this movie are so freaking accurate, it is ridiculous. There's very little things that are done inaccurately. There are so few that I don't think that this episode needs to be as long as I intended it to be. So I'm just going to go ahead and list off the things that I think are important that you need to know before you read the read all of the books and watch the movies or things that you're going to miss. So the most important of these things is the fact that there are six books and there are only three movies. So the the movies start, of course, with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is the one that we're going to be talking about today. But chronologically, the first book is called The Magician's Nephew. So the biggest things that you miss in the movie because you didn't read the books is the fact that the magician's nephew, the main character in that book, his name is Diggory. And then there's another character named Polly in that book. Diggory is the professor from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So when Diggory was a young kid, he actually went to Narnia with his friend Polly using magic rings that transported them to a place called the Wood Between Worlds. Um, we meet Aslan. We see the creation of Narnia. We uh, meet the White Witch. Um, it is all <laughs> very confusing and also very interesting. The books are honestly just fantastic. They are such great books to read as an adult. I imagine it probably would have been better if I read them as a kid. They're really good like middle-aged books. So I would highly suggest that if you are between like 10 and 13 years old or you have kids that are between the age of 10 and 13, you should have them read these books. They are incredible. I know that there's a lot of stuff about uh, witches and magic and demons even. Honestly, like, if you don't let a kid read a book because of something that's in the book that's just not real, um, <laughs> I don't know why you let your kids do or read or see anything ever. So, that was mostly just a, a jape at all the people who won't let children read 
cool things like the Lord of the Rings or Narnia and I guess Harry Potter. But that aside, so we meet we meet Aslan, um, which is the lion, of course. Uh, he is depicted as the kind of like the godhead in the Chronicles of Narnia. So he kind of encompasses what Christians place God as. So he is not God. He is a fictional deity. So he in parallel, he would be the equivalent of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But it is manifested differently in the books because, of course, this is a fictional story. So we see a lot of parallels to um, biblical stories. We see sacrifice. We see the Holy Spirit. We see temptation. We see all of these things in these books. But back to Diggory or the professor, the biggest thing that you miss when you don't read the books is the fact that Diggory who is the professor, like I said, he has been to Narnia. And then there's also Polly, who you don't meet, I don't think, in any of the movies. She's also been to Narnia. And so when you get to the scene in the book or in the movie, when the professor is talking to Susan and Peter, the Pevensey children, the two oldest, about Lucy going to Narnia, he is like very obviously like, she went to Narnia? Like, tell me more about it. And why don't you believe her? Because he's been there. And it's just so cool to see an older character. Um, So I believe that Diggory would be in like his 60s or 70s Um, at the point of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I could be very wrong. But Diggory is just so excited about the fact that this wardrobe that we find out he actually built. So he took wood from the wood between worlds and he planted it in his backyard. And then he took that tree and made the wardrobe with the intentions of going back to Narnia, but it never worked. So he has dedicated his life to finding these things that might be a key to getting into Narnia and it's never worked. He's never been able to get back after the last time that he went. All of a sudden the Pevensey children are in his house. Um, they are staying with the professor because of the air raids on, on London. Lucy gets into Narnia through the wardrobe that he built. Like, that is such a cool, amazing backstory for the wardrobe. And a thing that I noticed while reading and then also watching the movies again, the children experience the th subjects in the title of this book in reverse order. So, they come across the wardrobe first and then Edmund meets the witch and then they all meet the lion so it's called the lion the witch in the wardrobe i just think it's cool that they meet it in reverse order biggest thing is the relationship to the professor if you don't know this already c.s lewis based the professor off of his friend j.r.r tolkien which we know to be the author of the lord of the rings and the hobbit and vice versa tolkien actually wrote the character treebeard as a tribute to his friend C.S. Lewis. So just a cool little tidbit in there. There isn't a lot of detail in the books about like the physical appearances of the children. We just know that Peter's the oldest, Susan's, Susan's next, Edmund's next, and then Lucy's the youngest. That's all we know. We don't know what color their hair was. We don't know what color their eyes were um, unless it goes into detail later in the books, but they picked such amazing actors to play these children. They are probably some of the most wholesome actors in the world. Like, they're all child actors and they're all, like, good people. They're not like Lindsay Lohan. Like, they're not just, like, made of plastic and doing drugs and stuff now. They, they're honest, good people. And I honestly think that might be because of the relationship that they built while filming these movies and then also the content of the movies themselves. 
So later in the story, we see Lucy gets into Narnia. Later, Edmund gets into Narnia. There's a few things that are just kind of slightly different from the book. They still play hide and seek and they get into Narnia. But the first time that they get into Narnia, um, it was just Lucy wandering through the house and she came across it. And then Edmund and Lucy get in playing hide and seek. And instead of the ball getting thrown through the window like it is in the movie, they're actually like running away from Mrs. McCready still like that's still accurate to the movie, but they're not running away from her because they broke something. They're running away from her because she's giving a tour of the house and they don't want to get in the way of that. And it says in the book that everything that they did to try and get away from Mrs. McCready seemed to be pushing them towards the wardrobe until they got to the spare room. Susan's like, yep, let's, okay, this is a good place to hide. Let's get in. There's no way she's going to leave the tour in here. There's just a wardrobe in here. So all the kids hide in there and they all fall into Narnia. Again, this movie is so accurate. It's stupid. Everything else that happens in this next scenes, there's some little things that like they leave some of the prophecy stuff out of the movie, um, which makes sense because if you don't know the history of Narnia, if you don't know the backstory of Narnia, it's kind of not important. So as a movie, as a film, this is done so well. So we, we're we going to get to the point where they meet the beavers. So Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, they are led to Mr. Beaver by a bird. Lucy tells the other kids about how the trees can't all be trusted. And of course, the kids are like, what does that even mean? How can you not trust trees? They're trees. And then they meet a talking beaver and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. No big dumb. Also, earlier in the book, uh, I think it's funny that they're talking about going to see, going to live with the professor, and they're excited about living in like a more wild place, about like a more wilderness place. And they all list, they all list animals that they really hope that they see. And the first thing that Lucy says is she wants to see a beaver, which I just think is hilarious because she does. And it's not just any beaver, it's a talking beaver, and there's two of them. <laughs> so Pevensey children end up going to the beavers because they come across a note left by the police that um, they had arrested Mr. Tumnus for treason, which was harboring a human. So the children decide that they can't just like let them punish Mr. Tumnus for saving their sister. So they try to figure out a way to help Mr. Tumnus and this leads them to the beavers. And of course, the beavers are telling them about the prophecy and all this stuff. Another thing that is in the movie but also not in the movie. Uh, we see that when Edmund comes to Narnia, he meets the White Witch. Her name is Jadis and she offers him some food. So she offers him some a hot beverage and Turkish delight. We find out when we get to meet the beavers that the the food that the queen offered him was a sort of magical food. So it it cannot satisfy you and it will leave you longing for it for the rest of your life. Um, so once you've tasted this food, you'll always want it and you'll do anything for it. And that was definitely her whole plan when she met Edmund, giving him this food and then offering him more if he brings his siblings back to Narnia with him. So Jadis did all this stuff. Um, they end up going to the beavers and talking about all the prophecies, which include talking about how they are sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, which is another reference to biblical stuff, and how there is a prophecy that Aslan will defeat the winter, which we know because 
Jadis, the White Witch, is self-proclaimed Queen of Narnia. She's made it always winter, but never Christmas. And we also learned that once, uh, so the, the prophecy is once Adam's flesh and Adam's bone sits at Caerpervel, the evil time will be over and done. So there's a prophecy saying that two daughters of Eve and two sons of Adam sit on the throne and the evil will be over and done. A big, a big thing about, about all of these books, uh, specifically The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, though, we hear the we hear Aslan say it we hear a few other creatures say it and even the Pevensey children say it but specifically Aslan says once a king or queen of Narnia always a king or queen of Narnia um this brings into question the C.S. Lewis's stance on salvation um if you read the books and like it says in the beginning of my show this is a huge spoiler <laughs> so just like for real if you don't want to get spoiled on this big thing i would suggest turning this off right now i'll give you two seconds later in the series we see that the kids return to narnia um, a couple more times by i believe it's prince caspian or voyage of the dawn treader i'm sorry only lucy and edmund have returned to Narnia and they bring their cousin Eustace with them to Narnia and then the last the last book in the series chronologically we see that not only it's so it's Lucy Edmund Peter Polly Diggory and Eustace all return to Narnia but Susan does not so the the thing I'm getting at right now is Aslan specifically stated in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe that once a king or queen of Narnia, always a king or queen of Narnia. But as we see in the last book, Susan isn't isn't there. She she didn't come to Narnia. We find out that all of these people were on a train and there was a train accident and they all died and essentially went to Narnia. And towards the end of the book, you find out, oh, they died in a train accident and that's why they're all there. And Aslan specifically mentions Susan and says that she is not there because of the choices she made in her life. Despite saying in the first book that once a king or queen of Narnia, always a king or queen of Narnia, which kind of implies that C.S. Lewis maybe thought that you could lose your salvation. And that is a very big and deep thing that I'm not going to go into in this podcast, but if you'd like to talk about it more, feel free to contact me and I'd love to talk about it some more because there's a lot of theological stuff interwoven into this book, but I think it's important to not invest your religious beliefs and spirituality on a fictional book. Any fictional book, it should be based on a lot of other things, but I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, so Susan's in hell. Long story short, if that wasn't a spoiler, then you've probably read the book and good for you. So Edmund, uh, he is kind of a dumpy sibling, to be honest. And he decides that he's going to betray his siblings even after hearing as much as he did about Aslan and all the prophecies and stuff because he had this magical food from the queen and also the promise that he would be a king and his siblings wouldn't be royalty at all. He is just so filled with like selfish desire and decides that he's just going to go go to Queen Jadis and betray his family. Um, And this is where we're gonna leave off. Uh, next week, we'll be going through the rest of the book, finishing, of course, the corresponding scenes for the movie as well. If you have any interesting details about the book or the movie that you'd like me to talk about, 
the next episode will be out October 29th. And again, once we're done with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, we will be going into The Hobbit, which I think is a good idea to do, considering that we talked about Tolkien a little bit here. But um, there are four movies for The Hobbit. I, If you like the live-action Hobbit movies, um, you might not like these episodes of Author's Intent. I'm just warning you. Um, it's not really a spoiler thing. It's more like I'm gonna dump hard on the live action movies. So if you get offended easy, I'm sorry. Maybe? Anyway, so we're going to be going through The Hobbit. As I said in the intro, I am going to be taking January off from recording. I don't know for sure what book we're going to go into once I'm back in February, but I will be sure to decide that before the end of this year. Thank you guys so much for joining me for Author's Intent. As always, a thank you to Louis Zong for the use of his song Melody Meadow off of his album Levels. And that's all I've got for you guys. See you next time. Bye.